0: If you don't take climate advocacy seriously, those are the moments that are at stake. It's the moments of triumph, the moments of joy, the, you know, overcoming adversity.
1: Olympic Channel Podcast, Juan 2018. That was Olympic snowboarder Alex Diebold, I'm Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel Podcast. We are still here in Buenos Aires and as well as giving you all the headlines each day from the Youth Olympic Games, we will also be finding the biggest Olympic talking points and asking some of the world's very best athletes to go in deep about all things Olympic. I am just back from a little trip to the urban park to take a look at the 3x3 contest. Women's shootout and the dunk went on down there. Pack stands, had a great time. But coming up today is Alex Diebold. He's talking about how events like Shaun White's incredible halfpipe win at Pyeongchang might be a thing of the past. Why? Because of climate change. All that to come, but first. The Youth Olympic Games headlines. Fausto Ruesca took a spectacular win in the men's dunk contest in the 3x3 basketball. Argentina's Sofia Acavedo also won bronze in the women's shootout with Frances Matilde, Jiren taking gold. And how about this for sportsmanship? US wrestler Robert Howard beat Argentina's David Almendra. Instead of celebrating, he raised the arm of his opponent and received a standing ovation from the crowd. The American said his country's proud of him. So to show him respect, it was needed. Chinese Chen Long won gold in the men's high jump after a tough duel with Australia's Oscar Myers. Two athletes actually ended up setting the highest jumping record in the history of the Youth Olympic Games. Today is the last day of track finals at the Athletics, plus we have rhythmic gymnastics finals and the diving men's 10 metre finals too. Head to olympicchannel.com for more news and features from all around the games. Olympic Channel podcast, Buenos Aires, 2018. So, Alex Diebold is worried. When he travels to snowboard events around the world, sometimes they get cancelled due to the weather. Now, this is happening more and more often. So, the Olympic bronze medalist is asking people to save the winter. Otherwise, competitions like the Winter Olympic Games might just be a memory. Olympic Channel podcast.
0: Sustainability has often been a focus about protecting the planet always been save our planet you know I'm here on protect uh, behalf of protect our winters really when you think about it sustainability is about protecting the human race Um, I think that as temperatures start to rise and weather starts to change and you know some of these food sources tend to struggle um, we have to focus on how is that going to affect humankind and our quality of life on our way forward and I think that being here at the Forum has been uh, a great shift in focus about how the the International Olympic Committee has added sustainability as one of the three pillars as part of the Agenda 2020. I think that using sport, something that people are very passionate about, to shift the focus on how you can change your daily life and make sustainability a part of the way you live, is uh, a really powerful tool about you know bringing a couple things together. So. As a snowboarder,
1: you actually are at the front line of some of these changes, so what have you witnessed
0: from the start of your career to now, and what's changed? The the changes that I'm seeing on a day-to-day basis are the reason that I became involved. When I was younger, uh, I grew up in the northeastern part of the United States where we had cold snowy winters, and as time has gone on, it's gotten warmer and warmer and it's been harder people have had to travel farther and farther distances to get on snow a lot of the events that I travel to are getting cancelled because it's too warm it's not snowing enough and it's a a consistency thing there are certainly years when we have very cold temperatures and there is a large amount of snow but it's not on a consistent basis and so I've gotten involved because I'm seeing the changes firsthand in the decreased number of events that we're having uh, a decrease in skier and snowboard visits um... and you know, seeing those changes scares me about the, the future of something that I'm passionate about and something that I want the next generation to be able to enjoy. I mean, even if we
1: saw in uh, PyeongChang, Sean White winning in and, and the halfpipe in, in snowboarding, it was probably, the, the on the ground, it was what people were most excited about. And on in America, certainly, it was what people were most excited about, but also globally. And it would
0: be a shame if we had to lose events like like that yeah that's a perfect example of using sport as a focus and a moment of triumph i mean that was truly you know sean has had a ton of success and he's had a lot of setbacks that people can relate to on a on a daily scale and to watch him come back and triumph is inspiring and it gets kids to want to get outside and play and be active which helps increase your health and so if those those moments you talk, you know, that's something that that I think the IOC needs to realize is that that's what's at stake. You know, if you don't take um, climate advocacy seriously, those are the moments that are at stake. It's a moments of triumph, the moments of joy, the you know, overcoming adversity, and to me, the Olympic movement is about uh, bringing people together. You talk about a, a global scale of unity that is unlike any other sporting event. That's what's at stake because if there's too much pollution for people to to compete outside, if it's too warm for venues to not be, you know, have the possibility existing. Those are the moments that are are at stake and I think that that's why, uh, for me, sustainability is so important. You mentioned that some events had been canceled that you had been, do you,
1: what were the events? Can you just go through exactly what, you know, what type of events have been canceled this
0: year and what parts of the world and stuff like that? Yeah, on a specific basis, last season in the run-up to the Pyeongchang Games in 2018. As a snowboarder, you have a strict qualifying process. There are a certain number of events before the Olympic Games that you have an opportunity to punch your ticket. And in the run-up to that, we had uh, an event in Servinia, Italy, a a high glacier in the Alps that uh, was about five or six days away from being canceled. And they had to make some pretty extreme changes to our setup to be able to make the event go off. And to give people an analogy, that would be like, uh, getting ready to the, the playoffs to go to, uh, you know, uh, the, the world, Ch- world Cup in soccer. Uh, if they had to change the field size because they couldn't uh, facilitate the, a soccer match in, it, in what they needed. And so that's what we were dealing with on a first-hand basis. Like, I had been training for years, and they were rapidly trying to make last-minute changes to, to get our event off. Uh, we then went after that to a, a new region of the world for us, which was in Turkey. Again, it was same way. It was literally days away, and they they had to use uh, shipping containers, like the big metal grates. They had to bury those under the snow and pile snow on top of it because it wasn't cold enough for them to produce enough to put on our event. And uh, if you if you were to relate that to another sport that maybe takes place indoors or somewhere else, it, you can see that it's it's terrifying. Like the fact that we almost weren't able to get those events off the ground could have hindered the qualifying process and you know if it's happening on that smaller level when you get to the Olympics and you get to that global scale once it starts to warm up enough it it really it you start to understand the challenges I think the first thing you have to do is educate yourself understanding the the changes in the area that you live in. Uh, how you can you can have a, a local effect and how that effect can spread. So the first and, and most important part is education, and secondly is getting involved. And in the United States, for us right now, that means voting. You have to use your voice and you, you know use your power to put elected officials into office that believe in climate change and are willing to advocate for it. Um, it's almost embarrassing or, or scary aspect to talk about, but after that is is. Uh, How can you, you know, green your own house? How can you uh, carpool or use mass transit uh, in a more effective way, Uh, change your diet and uh, things as small as changing light bulbs and, uh, you know, using reusable water bottles. You know, if if everybody does that on a global scale, you know, after they've educated, acted and then put into action these places uh, locally, uh, it'll shift the way of life and I'll have a a far-reaching impact and do you think you're positive about or how positive are you that we can actually enact such changes it's there are certain times when it's hard to be positive it's certainly a, a very steep uphill battle and i think that as the conversation broadens and becomes more common i think people will realize that there are a lot of things that every person can do that will quickly have a uh, a large-scale impact and i think As we get that message out there i think the hill will become a little bit less steep that we're trying to climb and uh you know i always i always try and be positive and and look for the bright side and and use use hope as a uh, a catalyst and so it's certainly it's going to be a big challenge but i think that all of the best things in life when you overcome those challenges uh, are much more worthwhile and we're
1: here in buenos aires
0: for the youth olympic games
1: primarily yeah I think that the youth are, in general, a little bit more aware of these sort of issues. So perhaps
0: is that message getting across? Do you think? Uh, for us, mobilising the youth and and connecting with the youth has been uh, one of our main focuses because really it's them that it's going to affect. You know, like when you you think about a lot of the older generation, they're not going to be around in fifty years to worry about. You know, a two centi- uh two degrees centigrade. Uh, temperature increase. And so if we can start them young, if we can start uh, having them understand how to change their life when they're really young, it it will sort of be ingrained in their way of life. And so being here for the youth games and and seeing the youth and seeing uh, their optimism and, uh, you know, passion for for sports and using that as our catalysts. Uh, That's inspiring, and so so getting the youth mobilised and and active is is definitely the most important. Excellent. Thank you very much, Alex. All good.
1: Right, tomorrow we are talking about eSports with Overwatch legend Jake Lyon. He laid out the argument for its inclusion in the Olympic Games. Whatever your thoughts, it's certainly worth listening to Jake, who is super engaged, clever, and worth taking in his viewpoint for sure. An athlete to look out for today is definitely Tazet Kamanga of Denmark. He started his athletic career less than a year ago. In August this year, he ran 20.99 seconds in the 200 meters, which makes him the fastest in Europe. Well worth tuning in for. The Athletics is one of the many things we have streaming at olympicchannel.com. It's also the place to get your highlights, catch you up a little bit, watch live, do whatever you want. Download it on your phone maybe, get the app up to you. We are into the final stretch of the Youth Olympic Games, so make sure if you haven't already to go and check out our Yog Daily. It's a daily live show on Facebook and Twitter with Ashley Tollett. Lots of fun things happening in the next few days on that show. Keep your eyes on that one i will be here in buenos aires until the very end so subscribe on itunes or wherever you get your podcasts leave us a nice little review that's it for now thank you very much see you later think like an olympian